Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper, coming to you from New England here at Crossway Christian Church in Nashua, and we are in day 15 of our 40-day journey, where we're exploring not just how we might help people get into heaven, but to help heaven get into us. And I am confident that if this type of transformation were to occur within the church today, then many, many more people for generations to come would find themselves living an eternal kind of life with God here and now. And today we're going to shift directions a little bit. We're a little bit way past the third way point of Lent and day 15. And what I would like for us to do in our session today is start to transition a little bit from this inner journey, more so toward an outer journey. These ebb and flow like currents in the waves, undoubtedly. But to help us explore how we are to be both contemplative and active. Contemplative is all about being with God, that we don't just have a quiet time with the Lord at a certain part of the day, but we want that time of day to permeate every aspect of our days. We want all time to be like a quiet time where we are in the presence of God, living interactively with him, the contemplative life. But the point of the contemplative life isn't just so that we feel very spiritually nourished or well-connected with God. It's so that we would be equipped to live an external, outward life, an active life, as many people have described it in discussions around spiritual formation. And that coheres with what Robert Moholland has talked about, and I've quoted before from his book, Invitation to a Journey, that spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ, and it's for the sake of others. And ultimately, as we are living that life, it will be for our joy as well. So we've been taking a pretty deep look into some profound questions that relates to the state of our soul, how we might experience a union with God, how we might be people pervaded with love. And I'd like for us over the next maybe six, seven episodes to start thinking about the impact this could have in the lives of those around us where God has us planted now. And I believe one of the best passages of Scripture that help meld together this contemplative and active life is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It's a story of Jesus' interactions with the pair of sisters, Mary and Martha. Let's listen to God's word. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. 
But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So we've got a pair of sisters Martha strikes me as being the responsible older sister, and Mary somewhat can be likened to that sister that has had a lot of things taken care of for her, maybe the younger sister. I'm not sure, just some speculation. But it's fascinating that Mary gets a pretty good rap here in this story, and Martha experiences some correction. Jesus tells her that she's distracted by her many tasks. Not that her many tasks in and of themselves are bad, but she has been distracted by them. That Greek word actually means overoccupied. She is overoccupied by too many things or at the pace and the, the way at which she is going about doing those things. You're worried, distracted by many things, but there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. And what was that? Sitting at the Lord's feet, it's an image that we're given. The better part is being with Jesus. Now that, especially when I first read this passage, is even like a teenager. It made me feel like I've gotten out from having to do chores around the house or helping out that somehow that is unspiritual work and praying and reading scripture is the more spiritual work. But as I've kind of matured in my understanding of this passage and as I've read different church historical Uh, comments related to this, I've found that Mary is a great example of the contemplative life, and Martha is a, a great example of the active life. And we don't need to choose one or the other, but they need to go together. They need to work in partnership and cooperation with one another. If you have the contemplative life without the active life, your life is just going to be self-absorbed in spirituality. And we're going to be missing the fact that God calls us to make disciples and to care for the least of these. There are going to be so many aspects of fighting for justice and standing up for those who are oppressed uh, that the scripture is replete in its commands of that we are just going to absolutely miss. But conversely, if we are only really living an active life and not living a contemplative life, we're going to be burning ourselves out. We're going to be trying to almost prove our worth to God. Several episodes ago, I I talked about the stages of faith, and the third stage of faith is that of ministry. We discover what our gifts and callings are, and we're trying to put them to use for God and his kingdom. But sometimes we can think that for God to love us, we must be doing all of those things. It's almost as if we know we're, as Protestants, saved by grace through faith. But somehow then we've got to prove ourselves by how much we do and accomplish for God. And that can feel absolutely suffocating. That can be a huge burden on our shoulders. I remember one time talking with with one of my mentors, Gordon McDonald, who lives here in New Hampshire. And he asked me a great question. He said, what is it about our evangelical faith that gives us the sense that we are never doing enough. Have you ever felt like that before? You're not doing enough, not reading enough, not serving enough, not caring enough, not praying enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. And I believe if we're living an active life without the complementary contemplative life, 
That's what's going to happen. We're kind of Martha-ing without marrying. The way I've taught this text before is that you've got to marry before you Martha. That's why we spent so much of this time in the podcast taking that inward journey, inviting us to encounter Jesus firsthand. But it doesn't end there. We've got to put that into action. Over the next five or six episodes, we'll start to explore some ways that God might be leading you to do that. But I'd like for you just to take a little bit of time right now to just contemplate, to think about who is in your life, to think what needs are around you. We're at a season here as we record these podcasts, March 2022, that churches are in desperate need of having community rebuilt. What's a way you might actively, like Martha, open your life to simply have people into your homes or to your outdoor spaces to share meals, to share experiences, to plan gatherings? What might be a way God could just use you to help rebuild the community and the friendships that are so integral to what makes up the church and any single local church? If this inward journey has been nourishing for you that we've been on the last 14 days, maybe today, day 15, is an opportunity here in the season to start to think a little bit more outwardly. If the third stage of faith, as we talked about, is ministry, then the fourth stage is that inward journey, which is what I've been helping you to take here through Lent. And the stage after that is the journey outward. This is where we start to see the world, to see others through the eyes of Jesus? How does he see those who are around you? And having been with Jesus, how might you approach them? This call to an active life might not be a call to do anything different than you're already doing, but to do what you're doing differently. To do what you're doing differently. One of the highest compliments I ever heard paid to Dallas Willard was that people said when they were around Dallas, he was so present to them that they had the sense that the last thing he was doing before he came to them was that he was hanging out in the Sea of Galilee with the disciples, having breakfast or going for the swim. He was just being with Jesus. And I pray as we move outwardly, may people get the sense that the last thing we were just doing before they interact with us, whether it's via email or face-to-face interaction, that we were with Jesus. So may you be with him, the contemplative life, for the sake of others, the active life. Many blessings on your journey, friends. We'll see you next time.